This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1622, Understanding the Four Childhood Personality Types, by Adina Sokloff of ParentingSimply.com. Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining another episode of Optimal Relationships Daily. I'm Greg Audino, your host, and today I have another parenting post to read for you from one of our most consistent contributors of parenting material, Adina Sokloff. She is going to teach us about the four childhood personality types And as always, I will have my own commentary at the end. So let's get right to it today and start optimizing your life. Understanding the Four Childhood Personality Types by Adina Sokloff of ParentingSimply.com In a previous blog post, I talked about how understanding your child's personality type is an essential part of establishing positive family communication. Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies is an excellent read to understand the four childhood personality types and will definitely help you to improve your relationship. Upholders If your child is an upholder, he or she will generally be pretty easy to raise. Teachers love upholders too. They love rules, are responsible about homework and chores around the house. However, they can be inflexible. Changes in plans, transitions, and unclear rules can trigger opposition or tantrums. Rubin advises parents of upholders, when up against their child's ironclad following of rules, to explain, Your teacher expects you to read for 30 minutes a night, but because we went to visit grandma, it will be bedtime by the time we get home. A good night's sleep will make you alert for school tomorrow, and that's more important than reading tonight. Or, the teacher understands that sometimes children can't complete an assignment for reasons that aren't their fault, and that's okay. She asserts that with upholders, Those arguments will work better than, you deserve it, or the teacher won't know you skipped one day. To make things more complicated, rebel parents have a hard time understanding their upholder children. Upholder parents have difficulties understanding their rebel and questioner children, often butting heads with them and telling them to follow the rules or else. Upholder children will become frustrated with their rebel parents because they might not ever give the child clear limits. Questioners Questioners are the children who are constantly asking for explanations of why they have to do what they are doing. It can get frustrating and exhausting for parents, as well as teachers. Their behavior can also be construed as disrespectful. However, they are just intensely curious. They need logical reasons to comply to demands made of them. Folding the laundry now will make sure that everyone has the clothing they need for school for the whole week. It will make our mornings calmer. Most kids do not respond well to the typical parenting answers of, because I say so, we've always done it this way, this is what you have to do, or these are the rules. However, questioners and rebels 
have a particularly difficult time with these phrases. Questioner parents can get frustrated with the upholder children, who just do things because it's the right thing to do, without thinking carefully about it. They can get upset with children who exhibit other tendencies for not thinking through their plans or not acting logically. Children with other tendencies can get annoyed with their questioner parents for taking a long time to make a decision or for all of the questions they do ask of them. Obligers Obliger children are generally easy because they like to please the adults in their lives. However, they do need external measures of accountability. Ruben gives the example of her friend who ran on the track team in high school and loved it. She was complaining that as an adult, she could not keep a consistent running schedule. She felt she was just being lazy. In order for her to follow through, even on the things that she loved, she needed to be accountable to someone, like her high school coach. As an obliger, she also would never want to let her teammates down. That is why she was so successful in high school. As an adult, she just needed to create that same type of structure and build in accountability, like get a running partner that she couldn't let down or be a part of a running group, and she would be able to maintain a running schedule. Parents of obligers need to help them find systems outside of themselves that will help them enforce expectations. Incentive charts and gentle reminders can work. Positive reinforcement is a must. Cleaning the dinner table was a huge help to me. Although I generally recommend that parents do not help with their children's homework, obliger children might need that extra attention and outside enforcement. Upholder parents may have a hard time understanding why obliger children can't just do what they're told to do. They may think that they're being irresponsible. Rebel and questioner parents may think that their children are being pushovers. Obliger children can get very confused, wanting to please their parents and not understanding why they're upset. Rebels Rebel children are often challenging because they refuse to do what they're told to do. They like to make their own choices and they resist any expectations. They need to feel as though they are doing what they want, not what others want them to do. Rebel children need love and understanding. They are often knocking up against people and limits. It can be exhausting to have an internal dialogue that does not allow you to follow the rules of society, to always feel the need to push back. To maintain a loving relationship with these children, it is important to avoid direct commands. When parents say to a rebel child, eat your vegetables, the child will most likely dig in their heels and refuse to comply. This will be the case even if he had planned on eating the vegetables in the first place. Rubin suggests the following procedure when speaking to rebels. FYI, this should be used with all children, whatever tendency they are. However, with rebels, it's essential. Provide information. I made green beans today. It's a little bit different of a recipe today, and it might not be what you're used to. Tell them the positive consequences of their behavior. If we try lots of foods, we open ourselves up to lots of great experiences. It can also be healthier. Give them choices. You can just put a little on your plate, or you could just take one and taste it. And let them decide. You can decide if you want to taste it or not. There is one more way this information helps me as a parent educator. All four of my children are upholders. My husband and I are upholders as well. So they are generally well-behaved. People assume my kids' good behavior comes about because I teach parenting classes. It's simply not true. It has been easier to develop and maintain good positive relationships with them because of their upholder tendency. You just listened to the post titled, Understanding the Four Childhood Personality Types by Adina Sokloff of ParentingSimply.com.
Okay, and thanks so much to Adina for providing another wonderful parenting post. As she said, this one is really great for gaining a better understanding of your children and perhaps helping them understand themselves better too if this information is wielded the right way. But just as we don't want to box anyone else in, remember that our children are no different. So while you do identify and support whichever personality type your child naturally falls into, it's also important to try to help them understand and possibly integrate the other three types. You know, how can an upholder learn to balance rule following and thinking for themselves if they don't have a streak of rebellion in them, and vice versa? So use this article as an opportunity to not just learn about the four childhood personality types, but to also consider their strengths, their weaknesses, and how to leverage them. All right, that'll do it for today, though, everybody. As always, I appreciate you stopping in today and helping to make another episode possible. Have a terrific rest of your Friday if you're listening in real time, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.